All right, welcome back to season three, episode seven of the pod. Now, if you are listening, you'll notice that there is a distinctly different voice leading this this podcast off in Max Nethercott's absence. Uh, he's given me the, the main anchor, Guernsey, so he's given me strict orders not to screw this up. But that means a new co-host for the first time, Michael Edwards. How you going, mate? Good, and before we start, Joel, I must thank you for selecting me. <laughs> I know you had a large... Uh, group to pick from and it's an honour to be named as the uh, number one seed to fill in as host podcaster so thanks very much. Well as, as they say mate you've got to keep knocking the, uh, the door down and you kept pestering me for a year so I thought I'd give you a Guernsey so yeah you go mate so let's hope you don't uh, shrink up in the spotlight and well, you can get through this. I'm invested, let's, invested. Let's, I'm invested so uh, hopefully we produce for the listeners. Mate uh, and tell you what Conrad Rishorjek was not happy that he didn't get the nod with his 15 years of playing with our guest. I'm sure he's got more information than I do but... <laughs> No, oh, mate, you've, you've earned your call up, but it's uh, my absolute pleasure to provide the, or introduce rather, the, the uh, Season 3, Episode 7 guest, Stephen S.R. Jackson. Welcome aboard, mate. Pleasure to be here. Mate, it's an absolute privilege to have you on board. Now, I thought what we'll do, looking at the run sheet, because we've actually got uh, three players from three of the separate sides that played on the weekend, uh, we might go through quickly uh, how, how the results went. So, Mickey, you want to give us a rundown of the ones? Yes, I'll start. And uh, we batted first. Uh, I'll actually add, Croydon was a nice ground. Rocked up there, nice ground. They just just uh, top-dressed it over the break, so it was a little bit slow, but nice ground, nice surroundings. The wicket was pretty green, but enough in it for both bat and ball. And, um, yeah, we lost the toss. And got sent in, um, made 233, I think it was, so really good score batting first. Tough going at the start, it was pretty hot and pretty humid and Finn and uh, Connor battled early um, in tough conditions. I'm just pulling the scorecard up now. Um, we w- we'll quickly uh, run through the order because I didn't produce much of note. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cam at four, promoted to number four. He's been batting a bit lower all year, so it was good to see him get an opportunity. And he batted well. He sort of controlled it and experienced player. So um, it's good, obviously, depth for us to be able to have players like Cam batting it. He's been batting at seven or eight, and he's come up and batted four and, and uh, contributed. So good contribution from him. Das controlled the innings, and, and then he and then he just swung, from, swung the ball. Good strike rate. Yeah, swung to all parts <laughs> and uh, cleared the fence and... Yeah, it was pretty impressive from Das through the middle towards the end and then um, finished off with Zach and a few of the boys down a bit lower. But yeah, Zach hit a few bombs over square leg, which he loves to do, and then uh, got out. So it was a quick little innings, quick little cameo from <laughs> Zach. But um, no, to get 233 on that wicket was um, always going to be tough for them to chase. And then with the ball, we bowled him out for 105. Um, just looking at the bowling, pretty pretty shared, like... Uh, Ollie Burt's bowled the most overs with six overs, two for six, so really Smashed. economical. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Zach and TC at the end sort of got consistent wickets. We got pretty consistent wickets all the way through and bowled them out for 105. So, yeah, not, nothing, uh, nothing, no mistakes in the field or anything like that. So we took all our chances. And, and still um, uh, undefeated Still undefeated, well. still yeah. undefeated. So, yeah, we've got some tough opponents coming up. So um, looking forward to 
getting into the tough cricket and uh, we won a close game against Oakley a couple of weeks ago so we know that we can win the close ones and yeah hopefully carry that momentum as yeah. long as we can. No, very good. Um, no, thank you for that, Mickey. Look, I'll run through the twos very quickly. Played Croydon at home. A uh, bit of grass on the wicket out at Elstonwick this week with uh, Craig coming up. So I think they wanted to hold the wicket together. Can be a bit crumbly out there. Um, but no, we lost the toss. Well, I lost the toss. Uh, and we got sent in to bowl. Looking at the wickets, Jack O'Hall bowled well, uh, two for 39. Uh, one apiece for Sean Kingston and Paddy Hibbard. Uh, but the, the debutante for this season, Cal Richmond, uh, came up, took three for 24 off seven, bowled absolutely incredibly. Uh, it was great to see. Um, and we restricted them to 172 off the 45. Uh, Batting-wise, so Bakes and Rads started us off, 10, 12 and 13 respectively. Um, we then lost a, a couple quick. Myself and Nethercott combined for a 50-odd run partnership in the middle. He batted really well, Nethers for 31. Um, and then from there, we were actually, you know, probably behind the game a little bit, but Benny Hall and Paddy Hibbard batted absolutely sensationally to give us a sniff. We needed two off the last ball with Paddy Hibbard on strike, and he hit a one to mid-off, uh, scurried through. Uh, Benny Hall finished with 29, Hibbard with 22, uh, and the game finished uh, a tie, 172 apiece. I will say the, the scorebook. An abomination. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> there was some... Oh, no, not good timing. No, it was... Um, <laughs> it was... Oh, look, the, the, the bowling figures went about 10 over what the score was. It was madness. But um, we'll forget about so, that. So umpires. the bowling but lost on the batting? Umpires, that... yeah. Um, umpires, umpires signed off. Um, I was going to say, are we still a chance of claiming the win? <laughs> no, umpires signed off. So I've, I had to add them in on the Sunday. But, um, look, Jacko, I'll, I'll pass over the, the mic to you. Just want to give us a run-through of the, the threes, mate? Yeah, sure. Um, third 11, so Don Vale at home, lost the toss. They had a bat, um, had a new player, Jack Phillips, open the bowling, um, did really well, bowled a good channel um, with Tom Ashman. So got a couple of reasonably early wickets, which sort of got us on the on path. Um, through the middle overs, bowled pretty tight, um, and the wickets started to tumble with Jimmy and myself bowling, um, some pretty good fielding, catching, very happy with that this week. Um, so we ended up rolling in for 134, a couple of runouts in there. Uh, and then we got off to a really quick start. Hugh Lynch, I think we were none for 19 off two overs, so moving really quickly. Um, so run rate was never a problem. Um, Hammer chipped in with 24, retired, not out. Uh, Will got 18, which was good for him, and Kim had hit a couple of balls at the end and 14, and convincing win. No, oh, very good. And uh, so I see uh, Kim fed, as he's known by uh, some around the club. Moses, good to have him back after a stint in Canberra. Um, no, thank you very much for that. Should comment, uh, very, very good behind the stumps as well. I think he uh, hardly let through any buys. Was, um, he was absolutely sweating it up. He was, he was that hot from uh, Saturday. He, he did very well. So. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Um, now, look, I I'll, I'll, suppose I'll start, Mickey, and then you can uh, roll on from myself. But uh, for Jacko, uh, just a bit of an intro, mate. This is what we do with some guests on the, on the pod. Just a, a little bit about how you got started at Elstonwick, and, and then we'll go from there. So you want to give it a bit of a rundown yep. of that? Sure. So um, I was playing school cricket, had a school coach, and I, I was pl pl bowling leg spin at the time, and he said, oh, you know, you should really try out for the Hatch team somewhere. And he goes, I've got a contact at Elstonwick, Barry Toddy, used to, to teach at the same school that I was at, and 
ironically, I actually had him as a fill-in teacher a couple of times. So I went down to the tryouts and there was probably about 100 guys and five guys from my school came down and um, I was lucky enough to get selected and in the team. Um, and in that team, we had Aiden Blizzard, who played a bit for Victoria um, and South Australia, I think. Also had Adam Bull, who was playing at Ormond recently, but big career at Paran. Uh, and Adam Frayne was probably the best player in the team. So we had a really successful year and, and actually won the Shield. Uh, the, probably the irony in that was I played most of the games and the prelim final, then Toddy dropped me for the grand final. So that was a good memory to have at that age. But we, we won the flag. Um, then from there, I, I still was keen, played at the club the next year with Toddy and Streety in the fourth. And that was also Cam Christensen's first year at the club. Uh, and then from there, there was probably many chapters of different sort of first, seconds, thirds and fourths. Um, and yeah, played in a lot of grades and with a lot of good people along the way and premierships last year and grand finals along the way. So, yeah. No, very good, mate. So you were actually here before Cam, is what you were saying. Well, it was about the same. It was the same year. I think he played the hatch that year, and then he came because I waited one year to play after, and I think he came in that same year. And I still remember the the innings he spoke about on the podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I was I was playing in that game. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So well, mate, so gee, Cam's been around for forever. Um, obviously, just what? How long have you been around for then? Uh, I mean? Hatcher, I think, was 97, 98. And then I think it was first year of seniors, 98, 99. So that's, you know, 25 years. So pretty long time. Yeah, it's, it's a good, probably a good segue, just looking at the uh, run sheet, just to go. <laughs> <laughs> You've done well, Joel. I like your preparation. Um, oh, well, you said you were going to do some research. No, no, I've done a little bit, but it's not quite the right time for me to drop the question on Jacko. <laughs> but um, it's probably a good question uh, leading into the run sheet. How's the club changed over that time and how cricket's changed? I know you've played a lot of cricket and, you know, you would have seen a lot of players come and go through the doors and, you, and you're still here. So you're probably the best person to ask how the club and how cricket in general's changed at yeah. Elstonwick from the time you started to now. Yeah, the club's changed considerably and I think we're still in a really good place. I mean, at the core of it, I think it's still a place everybody would want to be. Um, but I think like we're building more towards, a, you know, in the first over the last sort of three or four years, I can see the direction that the club's going in probably more than 10 years before that. Um, I also think like when I think back at myself when I was really young, uh, the dynamic of the groups changed. There was a lot of guys in their 30s and 40s still playing cricket. So it was quite common that you'd play first 11 cricket and then you would work your way back down the grades. Whereas now I think our group is really that, you know, 16 to 30 age group. And what that means is probably before there was actually a lot of, I don't know, younger kids around. So I'm talking about like Will Long as a kid, Will Smith, Ben Cooper, even like I can remember like Kat's daughters and Zoe's and Aki all, all around the club. So we've probably transitioned to a really young group and I think we're really growing together. Um, so I think that's a real sort of strong thing in the club. But I, I did have a bit of a think about what are some things that have changed in cricket since I initially started. So it's probably just a few different points. Um, one of them is when, when you go to the nets as a kid in the seniors, if you started to hit the ball in the air, you'd get threatened to get kicked out of the nets. Like, that, that, just, well, doesn't, that just doesn't happen. Like, it would be like, if you do that again, you're out. Um, That'd be good for me. I reckon I'd get a long hit if that was still in force now. <laughs> then uh, game day, bowlers on a two-day game would always bring the newspaper and it would be your responsibility to share it around and nobody would bring out phones. Like, that wasn't something that you'd do. Um, everybody was expected to train twice a week. So I was living in Chelsea at the time. So that meant as a teenager, getting the train to Caulfield and then I'd either get a tram or a lift to training. 
Uh, when you go out on the ground, the opposition captain would always get clapped in. So that's not a thing anymore. Mate, that was... Uh, that, I used to do that in Queensland. You used to come out and you used to go, yeah. oh, please, a round of applause yeah, for I, the I, opposition I, captain. Even since I've been playing senior cricket, it still was around, but it's obviously changed now yeah. as well. At the, uh, at the Yabbies, mate. Yeah. Tie-up Yabbies, yeah, still yeah. give a round of applause for the skipper. Yeah, didn't get one, unfortunately, myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could, I could remember it. I was a bit overwhelmed the first time that happened to me back in the day. But, um, the, yeah, so... The, you wouldn't miss a week of cricket. Like, there was no thing as going to the races or a festival. Like, when you committed for the season, like, if a guy missed it, it was like, oh, geez, he must have been getting married or having a kid or something. That was about it. Um, Elsonwick would pride itself on afternoon tea. It was like, you know, that, that was something the captains cared about. Yeah. Um, 180 on the, on the main ground in a two-day game was just like, you win every time because it was that big. Like, you yeah. never, blokes never hit sixes. And, like, it was very rare that blokes hit sixes. Uh, finals were really hard to make because it was, I think it was a 14-team comp, so you had to finish top four before you even got finals. Um, something that's probably, I could argue, is a little bit different is Cat was my first coach, captain coach, when I started here. And I reckon he used to do fielding sessions that would go well over an hour and we'd finish post eight o'clock. And like, obviously now he's very like, no, nah, we're off the track by quarter past. So a yeah. few, few trends that have changed across time, but I think we've developed into a modern club um, and and it's a really good thing to see. You know, obviously the opportunities that we provide for women, girls, juniors, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, and I think we've moved with the times and I think it's probably good some of those things have changed. Yeah, well, it's, well some things have stayed the same. I mean, <laughs> Kat, John the Cat Watkin with fielding drills. I don't know, what, 10, 15 degrees, is getting balls whacked at you. And I was like, <laughs> mate, is this really worth it? Like, <laughs> but no, thank you very much for that, Jacko. And I suppose it's a, a good segue again. Uh, just to talk about uh, your role as uh, the co-captain of the thirds. Now, how have, have you found that, mate? That must be uh, quite a quite a journey so far for, you, for yourself uh, doing it for the first time, was it? No, no. So this is actually my second time doing it as cap thirds of captains. I did it when I was about 26 at some point, um, and I did it for a couple of years there. And it's actually probably – I'm probably projecting forward a little bit, but in that time I was thought about it and I had guys like Hugh uh, Bennett, um, I think even Lockie Baker played then, Zach Grundeman Pereira, um, Maka Harvey. So all these guys that you've seen that came through when you were sort of seeing them grow. And I think I, I look at the younger players now, you know, it might be Will Norton or Hugh Lynch, and I kind of go, where will they be in 10 years? So I loved it back then from a progression sort of perspective. And then um, obviously I had the chance to be vice-captain of the twos for uh, quite a while there, probably three years, and, and I really enjoyed that sort of senior I don't know, leadership type position. And now with Zach, it's, it's actually, it's a great sort of, I think we're a bit of yin and yang together. It's sort of, I think it's an added element um, that we sort of get on really well. Um, you know, I'm pretty pedantic with certain things, whereas he's pretty relaxed. So I think it's sort of, um, I don't know, we rub off on each other and it sort of works. But um, yeah, so far it's, it's, been, it's been enjoyable, apart from probably missing a few games through injury. So just before we move into everybody's favourite segment on the podcast, which it's uh, definitely my favourite segment, I'm going to drop the question on you. And I must admit, I got told to ask this one, but I liked it. So I'm not going to claim the credits for it. But um, just uh, as a player who's obviously been around a while, what's your motivation to keep playing? Um, you've obviously played for a long time, played at different levels, and you know, you've seen all the grounds and a lot of different players. And it must, unfortunately, be said, probably not... Uh, bowling as well as what you have before oh, and, and also speaking like Jacko <laughs> told me last year he was going to retire yes so um, <laughs> no, I, I'm actually really interested to hear your motivation to keep playing and um, yeah keep leading 
in the thirds? Um, yeah, no, I think I just I still enjoy cricket. I'm still competitive. I think the day that it's either probably going to be the fact that I'm not competitive or my, or my body completely lets me down is when I'll be like, that's it. I yeah. think that's – I just enjoy the contest on a Saturday, whether it be bat or ball, every time. I still – like, I'm still in the break between Christmas and New Year was like, how can I get some more volume into my bowling just so I'm ready to go this week? Like, yeah. I think that's – I just can't get enough of it still. I guess I'm a self-confessed cricket nuffy. I can't, you know. But um, I am. I did get a question around from my wife the other day was saying, like, hey, why is your team stronger now? And I said, oh, there's guys missing. And she goes, what do you mean they're missing games? I'm like, you can't, you can't miss games of cricket, can you? And I said, no, nah, that's, I don't know. They must have been injured. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but I, I'm obviously clearly still motivated. I enjoy, I enjoy the, you know, camaraderie every weekend. Um, you know, last year was my first premiership in 25 years. And I think, who knows, there could be, could be a few more around if we keep playing well. So no reason to stop unless my body or motivation stops, I guess. And it's uh, funny you say that because I also had a question that I fielded uh, just recently from, from training from a, a source that will remain unnamed. <laughs> the volume of the bowling. Now, I've been told uh, some wicket-taking deliveries of choice for Steve S.R. Jackson are the full toss and the half tracker. And the unnamed source has asked me to, to ask you about it and uh, your, your fond recollections of some of these uh, remarkable dismissals. <laughs> I think this is probably from Conrad. This is, uh, I think it's a very high chance. But, uh, well, I have to admit there might have been one on the weekends. Um, <laughs> but I, I figure if you can deceive them in the air without the ball bouncing, you're still going okay. So, um, look, like, like when, when batsmen shut up shop, you, you can re- throw it into the sky and hope for the best, I think, sometimes, just to get a, get a reaction. Maybe the full toss is a little bit... You know, I, I prefer the full toss to the short ball, I'll say that much. But um, it's wielded a few extra wickets, so I'm, I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, the, the favourite segment that you alluded to before, Mickey, uh, your Eel 11. Now, I don't know, that this segment, uh, for those who haven't listened to some prior episodes uh, of the podcast, it's not necessarily the best team that you've played with at Elsinwick. It's the team that you would most enjoy playing with. Now, Jacko, you've been here for 20-plus years. I'm, I'm sure you'd have some interesting names coming up out of this, so why don't you run us through uh, the mighty Stephen Jackson E11. I had to think about it, and I put a bit of a criteria together. I had to have played either in the first, seconds or thirds or fourths with them, um, and they could either be the, probably the best players I've played with or the, the ones I enjoyed playing with the most. So, first of all, honourable mentions to all of the third 11 Premiership team last year. I think I had to acknowledge Except that. Except Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hugh Bennett, just one of the nicest guys in the club and obviously played through juniors. Dean Edmund was one of the better players I played with but couldn't find a spot for him. The Prez as well, he's one. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Prez, but um, John Danaki. But no, at number one, Brad O'Shea, um, probably close to the best, most destructive batsman I've seen since I've been playing here. I did have Conrad in at number two, so I, I might have to... That might be a late substitution. Um, Brad Marks, played a lot of games with Brad Marks over the years, so probably 15, 20 years of cricket together. Um, always enjoyed each other's company. Uh, played a few games with LJ as he was coming through. Obviously, he passed me very quickly. Maka Harvey, I mentioned before, was up there um, and, you know, obviously he's gone on to do bigger things. Cam Christensen um, through that period. Bit of an odd one. Lee Jackson, he was, he was uh, one of those kind of guys that he could bowl quick, uh, extreme freak in the field, hit a long ball. Um, I did sneak Zach in after that, just uh, as a premiership captain. I did have to sneak him in. Oh. Sorry, Mick. You're not going to like that one. 
he will, and he won't. I won't hear the end yeah, of it either. Nah, you might edit that out. <laughs> uh, Nigel Cousins, I once again, I played twenty years with Nigel, so and he provided me with endless entertainment. I think I, I do want to share a story that very quick one. Um, I played in one game where a guy went on to make one hundred and eighty nine. Nigel dropped him three times, and then <laughs> at on the on the boundary, just walked off. He, he said, "I've had enough," and that that just <laughs> filled me with joy. Last two players, um, Cal Sinclair, played a lot of cricket with him, came through the years, and then uh, Clay Riddle, who was a league spinner at the club, um, was very good and played in a second eleven premiership. So, Oh, very good, mate. I actually uh, caught up with Sinclair at Tim Burke's wedding on Thursday, the most relaxed man uh, outside of Elstonwick at the moment. He's got the long hair. Um, you're, you're summer, summer in Europe as well, so he's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right, that's right. Um, and while we've got him here, actually, um, a little shout-out to LJ Edwards, who's expecting his first kid. Uh, he's just walked in for selections as we're wrapping up the pod, but congratulations to LJ and Cara. Yeah, it must the... be put on record. Good luck, good luck, mate. And, uh, yeah, ho- <laughs> hopefully, uh, from everyone at the club, hopefully it all goes well and we're all supporting you and Cara this week. So, yeah, good luck and go well and... Yeah, you'll be both great parents. No, very good, very good. Uh, look, I'll run through the team of the week quickly and then we'll sign off. Uh, Jacko and I have selections, actually, so we've got to uh, speed this up. Nethercott's orders. Um, team of the week. Now, I spoke to the Eel Whisperer during the week, had a few schooners. Um, running through it very quickly. Finn Usher, 49 in the ones. Huey Lynch, very well, 53. Connor Ridge, Guernsey at number three with 32. Das the big hitter, 53 off 39. Nethercott, yeah, Nethercott got a Guernsey at five with 31. Cam Christensen, 32. Uh, Zach Grunman, 37 and three for 11. As, as skipper too, I believe. Um, he, <laughs> said, he, he, he said he hit some massive bombs, but it was the closest boundary uh, off the square. So. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just absolutely just copped it. Yeah. So when he hit, so when he hit it into the park, it was only fifty meters. Benny Hall twenty nine. Uh, Ollie Burtz, very expensive. Two for six off six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cal Richmond three for twenty four. Jacko Hall four for twenty. Uh, Jackson, sorry, Steve Jackson, not Jacko Hall. <laughs> got four for. Wait, I can see here. Yeah. Four for twenty five. Was a reasonable day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full tosses galore. Uh, and Curry with two for 19. So, very good. Congratulations to all that were selected in the team of the week. Um, Jacko, mate, uh, any signing off remarks? But thank you very much for being on the pod, mate. Yeah, pleasure to be here. And, um, yeah, go Wicks. And, oh, mate, Mickey Edwards, you've bashed the door down for a hosting gig on the podcast. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, sure there'll be, I, I'm sure there'll be plenty of feedback coming uh, next week. So, um, yeah, one way or the other, I'll have to cop it. So, um, no, but thanks, Joel and Jacko. And, yeah, hopefully the listeners will uh, enjoy this podcast. And, yeah, Maxi will give me the uh, most stern feedback, I'm sure, because he'll want his spot back. So, um, <laughs> nah, Thanks, Joel and Jacko, and yeah, ah, hopefully very... some good things coming in the next couple of months for the Wicks. Ah, very good, very good. All right, well, thank you, Jacko, and uh, all the best to the teams this week.